0: Welcome to the Antioch Austin podcast. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you. For more information about Antioch Austin, please check our website at antiochatx.com.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, dude, well, man, it's so good to have you with us. Uh, so look, man, we, obviously, we've known each other since college, um, but no one else that's watching this has any idea who you are. So who are you? Where do you live? Tell us about you, your family, your wife.
0: Yeah, well, great to be with you guys, Um, JD and Liz. I uh, think about both of you guys meeting you at different uh, phases in my journey. (laughs) Freshman uh, year,
1: freshman year. Freshman freshman year,
0: year. and yeah, I remember meeting Liz and and we were uh, hanging out with some of the same people and it's so great to be able to, be with you guys in Seattle, and San Diego, and Waco, and, and now in Austin. And, of course, I'm in, in Tijuana. So my name is Jonathan Lair. And actually, the crazy thing is, as of two years ago, I became a dual citizen. Uh, so I am a Mexican, a truly a Mexican-American. <laughs> and so in Mexico, I go by Jonathan Lair Ortega, because you go with your mom's last name at the end. So, uh, I, I, I am the new J-Lo. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, I, I am married uh, to my wife, Suzanne, who never in her life dreamed of uh, living in Mexico. My wife, uh, I mean, really, she's the one that should be here today. Uh, she would be, except for she is the uh, director of our school, the web director, and also the uh, nurse of our school, mm. as she has four Zoom calls uh, <laughs> right now with our kids. So, of <laughs> course, <laughs> she would be here. Uh, I'm sure some uh, mothers out there can feel her pain. Yep. And um, so, my wife, and we have four kids, a 12-year-old, 10-year-old, 8-year-old, and 6-year-old. And for the last five years, we have been in Tijuana, Baja California, Mexico. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, just through a series of, of God circumstances, you know, ended up in uh, a, a city that I would have never dreamed of living in. Actually, probably a city that I probably judged, and I actually probably felt sorry for anybody that lived there. <laughs> And, uh, and five years later, uh, we're here and, and, so thankfully really feel like God, we're in the middle of a big God dream. Um, wow. and what I, I mentioned about Suzanne, she was the last person that would uh, have ever lived in Tijuana and we met in college and, um, I, she was majoring in accounting, had her got her master's in accounting. She was had a contract signed for uh working in a company in Dallas, and uh, and then she met me. <laughs> <laughs> I always joke with her, I'm like, Jonathan no Lair idea. Ortega. <laughs> you you had no idea you were you were marrying up with uh, Jonathan Lair Ortega in Texas exactly. <laughs> Yeah, she hadn't heard about the Ortega side yet. (laughs) uh, And now she's like, she dreamed of driving the Range Rover in North Dallas, and now she drives the old minivan in West Tijuana. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, uh, so yeah, we are are truly living a crazy life that we would have never guessed uh, 10 years ago. and at the same time, I think we can really see, wow, we are in the midst of this great God vision that we never saw.
1: Dude, so t- for, for those of uh, for those who are watching who aren't as familiar with Tijuana, take us into the city where even like where is it in Mexico? Uh, what's the vibe? What's the atmosphere? What's kind of like everyday life look like for you guys yeah. there?
0: Yeah, so Tijuana is a city, uh, metropolitan area now of 2 million people. Wow. Um, so we moved and planted a church with a group of friends in 2008 in San Diego, all peoples in San Diego. Tijuana is actually 20 minutes south of San Diego. So if you've, you've ever been to, to Tijuana or San Diego, actually what's crazier, if you go from San Diego to Tijuana, you're in San Diego. It's awesome surfer vibe, super cool, sunny, beautiful, and you cross the border. And it's like, I, I, I'm curious to know if there's any other place like it in the world yeah. where mm-hmm. you cross a border and you are immediately in a third world developing country.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I remember one of my first times crossing the border from San Diego to, into Tijuana. I, I crossed in and I just saw this, woman that her leg was so mutated and i think it was like an elephantitis i think is what it's called where one of her appendages has become massively large and she's just walking down the street and seeing people with health conditions seeing people living on the street seeing druggies just just on the sides of the road um so so we're in tijuana which is known for a lot of things, uh, but it isn't known yet for the move of God. That's right. Because unfortunately not people, uh, not yet, that's right. You know, people come to Tijuana for a lot of things. Um, there's the drug industry, the sex industry, the, the trafficking, the prostitution, um, is, is really pretty crazy um, on a level that is you know, something I've never experienced personally. Um, and then on on top of that, over the last, I would say 15 years, we have had quite a few, uh, we've been in the news a lot, let's just say for drug trafficking, Mm -hmm. drug wars. Um, I I actually don't like the statistic at all, but just to give you a frame of reference last year, Tijuana was, um, Not voted because it's not something you earn, but it was named the most dangerous city in the world, wow, um, because of the number of homicides per 100 people, uh, more than any other place in the world. Um, Something you wouldn't normally think, uh, you know. But uh, so, and I will say on the on the flip side, Tijuana is like this super rad place to live. Yeah, uh, I love, I love, I I
1: love it. Yeah, and I've never. You know, we used to, when we lived in San Diego together, we used to cross the border just to eat lunch. Just to go get the you yeah. know? Just to go get the tacos, totally. you know? So, yeah.
0: like, I never the, felt threatened the crazy, at all. Totally, and that's the crazy thing of, of, I was just, I was actually talking to somebody yesterday about this, of, it's crazy. I don't ever, I have never felt um, afraid, or I've never felt like my health, my health or my security was at issue, because I've just felt this bubble mm. Of, of protection around us. It's yeah. like I hear about things, but I've never, ever seen them. Wow. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's, it's just such an interesting thing because on the flip side, you have amazing food, coffee, people. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the people here really remind me of Texas. Oh, uh, really? Because people are so friendly. They say hi to you. They are smile when they see you. Um, so it's actually an amazing place to live um, if if you if you're seeing it the right way right yeah, yeah. well
1: you guys have been there for five years and um, Liz and I have been able to watch you guys' journey there really really close and it has been phenomenal to see what God has been doing yeah. um, in and through the church that you guys have planted take us into some of those those stories of just, you know, if you had to overview what God's been yeah. doing, man, take us into it.
0: Uh, maybe, maybe I could share two stories, one from the beginning of the journey and one from like three days ago. Um, <laughs> <That sounds good. laughs> uh I mean, I, I remember it was probably in our second year, it had been raining like crazy and Tijuana was not built for the rain. Uh, because when it rains, it's like total chaos. The main like avenues literally are shut down. Uh, and actually, what they do in a lot of the poor neighborhoods is they don't pack the dirt down on the constructions on the homes, and so it's it is houses are falling. It's total chaos. Wow. So this was in our second year, and. Um, a lady in our church named Sarita, Sara, but like the little Sara, Sarita, uh,
1: (laughs) he he was working at an orphanage,
0: just trying to explain it. Just want to make sure you, you know, uh, uh, so she, so she calls me and she's like, pastor, I am worried about my house. They, she had just been given a new house for her and her three kids. She's a single mom and I'm worried about my house. I don't know if it's still there. She actually was working just down the street from our church building. So me and another guy put her in the car and actually it wasn't a car, it's this, it this big four by four pickup that was donated to us. We would have never gotten to her house if we weren't, I mean, driving. This is one of those trips that, you know, if you've ever been to the nations or overseas or on some crazy adventure, you're kind of like, what are we doing? Right yeah. now? <laughs> uh, it's dark, it is rainy. It's muddy like crazy. We are going over the river and through the woods uh, to get to Sarita's house, and we get there finally by the grace of God. And it's totally dark; you can't see anything, no electricity. Wow! And we are trudging through the mud. I, had, I think I just come from like a date night with my wife. So I'm, like, wearing my, like, hipster boots and jeans and everything. <laughs> I am totally not ready not for, no like, way. a uh, uh, relief uh, uh, trip. And I am literally, like, trudging through the mud. I walk around her house. We, we look at her, see her house is there. Like, praise God, her house is there. Okay, we're good. So we walk around the house. Well, we see that all the dirt has been washed out from underneath her foundation. Wow. Like, like her foundation is literally hanging out over nothing. And I'm like, bummer. (laughs) I'm like, but Mexicans, I I love Mexico because their motto is, si se puede. Like, we can do it, we can figure this out, you can do it. Like, anything is possible. (laughs) So Sarita, I don't even know where she gets this from. She starts handing me tires. Like, I don't even know where she got the tire. tires, <laughs> but she starts handing me the tires and she tells him, tells me, fill them with sand. And then we're going to stick them under the foundation. So here I am, I am like standing in these like muddy, uh, canals that she has dug around her house. I am filling these tires with sand. We are, I'm pushing them underneath this foundation and you know, it was like one of those moments, and I'm sure you guys have had these moments before, where you're like, "I feel like I am living a prophetic moment," or I'm like having this outer body experience, yeah, yeah. or it sure. just this feels this moment feels larger yeah. than what it is. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, it was definitely one of those like, "If only my mom could see me now." Moment, <laughs> you know, of where I'm like, "Where am I?" what am I doing? Like, I am filthy. I am sweating. I am with this woman that I've only known a few months. I am in the middle of nowhere. Like I am from the panhandle of Texas, like from a little bubble town where like, I couldn't find drugs. If I tried, <laughs> if I tried, like I tried cussing a couple times in junior high and I felt terrible. About it. Like, I, I have lived like a very different life. And somehow I find myself in Tijuana, Mexico, a place some people would call the most dangerous city in the world. I am in the middle of nowhere. I am with this woman. I mean, and I I had this moment in that moment where I was, I I felt like God was saying, "This, this is what I've called you to. Wow. And, I, and I'm like and I, I felt like God was like, I have called you to be in the trenches to be in the mud I've called you to be with the people in the wow. dirt, sweaty messy strengthening the foundations of their lives mm. so that they could make it through the next storm so that they have something to stand on yeah. so that They have something to give to others and to their children. Um, Sarita, this just a quick, this wasn't even part of the story. Sarita has been a faithful woman in our church. She has three children. um, And the amazing thing is she she is a cook at an orphanage down by our church. She has gone through our training program. She is finishing our church planting school. And her and her kids are set to go. Primero Dios, we say, God willing, um, and God does will, uh, <laughs> but God willing, they're going to Peru to, wow. to be a part of our very yeah. first church plan um, at the beginning of next year. And so, you know, that for me maybe is in a nutshell, uh, like, wow, this is, this is why we're here.
1: Right, yeah. You know,
0: I think in, in ministry, ministry is not easy. Living in another country isn't easy. Uh, schooling your children in a different language isn't yeah. easy. Uh, there's many inconveniences. There's many things that aren't comfortable. Um, but I think those kinds of moments remind you of, of why you're doing what you're doing. And then I'll just, I'll share a story from literally Monday. Yeah. Um, Monday, I'm walking my dog around my, my block, like, how I always do. And uh, this, this is kind of intense. But I'm walking my dog and I see this woman coming towards me. And she is screaming. But that's not the first thing I noticed. The first thing I noticed was that the only thing she had on her body was a shirt. Hmm. No shoes and nothing else. And her hair is all over the place. And um, and then I noticed she's screaming, help me, help me. And I was actually on the phone with uh, a gal on my staff. And so I told her and I said, hey, oh my gosh, there's this woman that doesn't have clothes on and she's screaming. And she said, okay, I'll I'll come immediately with pants and clothes and shoes. And um, I called another pastor who had been looking for this woman to be able to minister to her. Hmm. And I realized this woman is a, a drug addicted, and demonized person said that she had snakes all over her body. They were biting her, which obviously I think we can just even on the, on a baseline level, see, this is not from God. This is a, a demonic deal. And we were there, the three of us trying to minister to her, trying to give her the clothing, trying to set her free, trying, but she wanted nothing to do with it. And actually the story doesn't have a great end. The story ends where, the firemen didn't want anything to do with her. The policeman didn't want anything to do with her. And we ended up not being able to do anything. And she ended up just continuing to walk mm. kind of in this zigzag mm. in the middle of the road. And, uh, you know, that was heartbreaking.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and I think if there was anything about that that was good is, again, it's one of those other waypoint moments of this was on my walk, my daily walk. Right. Right. Like, and this is not the kind of thing, again, it's not the kind of thing I grew up seeing. Right. But it it reminded me of, hey, this is this is why you're here. Mm-hmm. And you know, I even just told my staff that day, we can't ever lose our sense of idealism. We can't ever lose oh, well, our sense know. of that's not right. Right. Yeah. Like we we can't just say oh that's just kind of the crazy person no that's not right and I was just thinking that's someone's daughter yeah mm-hmm. that's someone's mom that's that person was a baby mm-hmm. an innocent sweet baby at one moment and <laughs> and so I I, I just um, it's kind of one of those things of we've seen so many amazing things yeah mm-hmm. we have seen. Schools of transformation. We've seen now hundreds of people, hundreds of everyday Mexicans sent overseas to the nation on short term trips. Amazing. We have three different teams that are in a school of transformation, a a school, a church planting school to go to Southeast Asia, North Africa, and South America. Wow. Like this is from little old Tijuana that (laughs) people say is the most dangerous place in the world. Love it. Like there's a God story happening, and and at the same time, there's a there's just crazy need that yeah. that people have, and people are, are are crying out, "Help me!" Yeah, like help me. And I think that those the this, the last story I shared obviously is very sad, but it also keeps the fire stoked in your heart yeah. of like.
1: This is why we're here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jonathan, I love you and Suzanne's heart for your city and what God's doing there and your people um, in Tijuana. Is there anything that you're carrying, anything in your heart that you'd want to pass on to us in Austin or challenge us with or impart to us?
0: Um, You know, I, I think the thing that I sense the most, and thank you, J.D. and Liz, for this time is... Uh, I think the the one word I've been carrying with me is the word urgency Mm. of, gosh, have we not all seen that whatever we put our confidence in can be taken away in a second. Yeah. And uh, the verse that has been coming to my heart is from James 4, when it says, why do you say I'm going to do such and such on this day? Or... Or why do you say I'm gonna go and care about this kind of business? And he goes on and says, what is your life? Mm -hmm. Are you not but a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And wow, like my life, your life, it's a mist. It appears for a little while and vanishes. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the thing that I most carry on my heart for all of us is is let's live our lives with a sense of urgency of if there's anything we've seen Mm -hmm. is that this is not a time for business as usual yeah right This, this is not a time for like carrying on just to be able to pay the rent and pay the car and just kind of keep the ball rolling down the street man this is a time to say god how can i leverage my life to the fullest so that I can have maximum impact on this earth and maximum treasure in eternity. And, you know, I I say that just to say, whatever God is speaking to you, whatever it is, the next step, the, if it's starting a business, if it's finishing school, if it is going on a mission trip, if it is carrying church planting and, and church planting, if it is uh, giving generously. Don't wait. Yeah. This is the time. Yeah. This is the moment, you know, um, because all of our other places where we put our confidence, I think we're seeing is Mm -hmm. these are false confidences Mm -hmm. who would have ever thought that the sports world or schools or world travel would be shut down in an instant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, I'm just saying, okay, God, I'm, we're not, it's not we're not playing around anymore. Yeah, <laughs> this is the yeah, time it's a good word, man. to to buckle in and say, okay, God, I'm gonna I'm gonna live my life um, to to the most that I possibly can. Mm-hmm.
1: Bro, would you just pray for us, man? Pray for us in Spanish. Just we'd love to have you just stir our hearts uh, with your passion and ask God to do some. Great things in us.
0: Great, absolutely. My pleasure. Okay. Uh, Senor, quiero darte gracias por la iglesia uh, Antioch Austin. Gracias por JD Liz. Gracias por su familia. Gracias por esta familia espiritual. Y te pido, Senor, que les des una pasión ardiente por tus propósitos. Te pido, Senor. Que, que cada persona que sea miembro de esta iglesia que tenga una carga una carga inmensa para tu gente para tus pueblos para 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 sus trabajos señor para para poder entregarte todo para el bien de tu reino mm. y, y te pido señor en este momento este por una unción nueva una unción fresca para para cada uno de ellos señor para para vivir sus vidas al 100%, para tus propósitos, para que tú recibas la gloria. Y, Señor, declaramos que nuestras vidas están tan cortas. Señor, déjanos vivir nuestras vidas, no para esta tierra, pero lo eterno, para las ganancias, Señor, en el cielo. Gracias, Señor. Gracias por lo que estás haciendo en dentro de mis hermanos. Y gracias por este lindo tiempo que hemos podido tener juntos. En tu nombre oramos. Y todos dicen, and everybody said, amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Jonathan. Love you
0: guys.